0: Start. Here we go. Coral Best, thank you so much for joining me again. Hello, hello.
1: I'm so excited to be back.
0: Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? I think
1: it's been about a year, maybe more. Yeah. I'm not sure.
0: Probably probably not a year yet. Yeah. I haven't been doing this a year, but I know you were one of the earliest people who said yes to the podcast. Yes. And I was just scrambling. Just this big dork wanting to do a podcast, like hitting people up in Facebook. Hey, do you want to do my podcast? You know, not even know, don't not even having a place to record. And you said yes, and of I was course. so happy. And we met at a bar. We met. We literally met at a bar. And, yes. And I brought my dog. <laughs> That's right. Where is your dog right now?
1: At home. I mean. Oh, okay. I don't have to take her everywhere. I, I'm very attached, though.
0: Okay, right on. I'm
1: very attached.
0: So we got to kick things off by saying, I mean, we got a lot to talk about. This yes. is going to be uh, a big episode. First and foremost, happy early birthday. Thank
1: you so much.
0: You are going to be, actually, I won't say how old you're going to be turning, but your birthday's coming up.
1: It's my 29th. There
0: we go. I knew you weren't <laughs> that type of person. No,
1: not at all. And I'll do it in every age that comes. I mean, if yeah. I look. What are you going to do? Right. And, I, and I'm not down with the whole like, oh, you know, I'm 30, you know. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> What do you care?
0: <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet, but that is hilarious. Oh. I would like to meet a person who does that. Well,
1: I can tell you who does it: Jenny Slate on her new special on Netflix.
0: Oh, nice!
1: She never says how old she is, and she constantly does like a fart noise after saying thirty. Jenny, she's like Slate. I'm thirty, and oh. I'm my name is Jenny. Yeah, it's a really, it's kind of, it's a very interesting special if you haven't seen it. It's okay, it's not exactly my personal favorite. Yeah, but it is definitely different. She's okay. pretty much admitting on camera that she's. Had a personal breakdown recently and that she's rebuilding herself from her divorce. And so, to Uh, me, this special is a little sporadic. Okay. Because I think that there's just so much, like, mulling over in her mind. But it's definitely a work of art.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Is it, like, super funny? I don't know. You be the judge. Yeah, yeah. You know
0: what? (laughs) I I think I know who Jenny Slate is. I can picture her in my mind. But I'm just not that familiar with her work. But I'll check it it. out.
1: That's fair because she mainly does acting and, like, things like that. Oh, okay. She does writing. But I've been watching a lot of specials recently. Have you?
0: You know what? I when I first so I'm about a year and two months in now. When I first started doing the stand up, um, I oh, was wow. watching. I didn't
1: realize a year and two months in. So you started your podcast like
0: I started about six months into doing comedy. Right on, that's proactive. Yeah, yeah. and well, so the thing is with me is podcasting isn't a new thing. I podcasted before.
1: Oh, I did not know this. That I'm makes
0: a connoisseur. I'm more a connoisseur of the podcast thing than I am of comedy. I've been into podcasts, but I'm such a dork. So you know what? I I'll give you a brief overview of the podcast. Let's hear it. Uh, Heritage of Matthew McCarron. Okay. I first started listening <laughs> to podcasts in 2008 for technical reasons. I was literally listening to podcasts about coding, information oh, security. Okay. Just because. I was learning things, right? And my job, I'm having to kind of constantly pick up new skills and tricks and whatnot. So I would listen to it. I never even thought of podcasting as um, entertainment. I always just thought there's information out there and I'm going to listen to a podcast. So I would download podcasts and I'd be listening to them throughout the day, listening to them in the car. And then I would say around 2011, 2012, I looked at the top trending podcasts just on a whim. Sure. What are these top trending? And of course all the NPR and show uh NPR news shows and they have s- some other good podcasts there like The Serial and they they follow different mm-hmm. stories. It's almost like documentary for audio documentaries, right? Yeah. So I would listen to some of those but I didn't really get into it. But then I started seeing like Joe Rogan and Bill Burr and um oh god, who who's the Mark Maron.
1: Yeah, Mark Maron. Conan O'Brien has one.
0: He has one now, yeah. And so I was listening, I started listening to these guys, and I go, holy shit, this is entertaining as fuck. It is. And then I got addicted. Oh. And I was listening to podcasts. <laughs> I mean, for years, I was listening to probably, this is embarrassing to say, but I was probably listening to 10 hours of podcasts per week.
1: That, I thought you were going to say a day. That's fine. 10 hours a week? And that
0: seems excessive to me.
1: I don't know. Maybe if I had a family, I'd feel the same. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I have a family, but not one one that I've created. Right,
0: right, right. (laughs) Well, so anyway, I, so I was really into podcasts. So I've done podcasts. I have a buddy that I podcast with pretty regularly. We've been on a hiatus for a few months and I was doing another podcast for some other hobbies I have. But then when I got into comedy, I go, comedians are the best people to talk with on podcasts. I completely agree. (laughs) Right. And it makes it interesting, not just for Hopefully the listeners, but it makes it interesting for you having a podcast to get someone who's just can chat about anything. Yeah. So when I kicked it off, it wasn't like I was at ground zero. I had a recording thing. I think the day I recorded with you, that was my H four. I've since upgraded with some stuff. Definitely. Um I
1: was just gonna say what a great setup this is. Like oh this is the first time you said you're recording in your actually you In know what studio here this
0: is my studio yes so uh, the audience sees this nice backdrop this is a bed sheet.
1: which i find actually very homey i like Good. it. i mean this is i was yeah. just here a moment ago and now i'm here yeah <laughs> i love
0: it yeah yeah so um i i was embarrassed i actually had rudy ortiz on yesterday
1: right on i love rudy ortiz yeah oh great
0: guy great conversation um, and I kind of said the same, I was a little embarrassed, like, uh, so this is my garage. No,
1: you have no and idea then, where people record most podcasts. They're like, meet me under this bridge, wear layers. That's how I, it's, that's uh... how I
0: was in the beginning. I was <laughs> just in my truck at bars. Um, but I always felt like I got to bring a little bit of, I don't know, professionalism. You bring or professionalism.
1: You absolutely do. Oh, thank You've you. You've never produced a show, right?
0: No, but that's on my to do for 2020. So I have some things cooking, um, with, uh, one of our, well, not really cooking, but I have some ideas. Um, I, but I got to do, I just got to do the legwork and get out and talk to some um, bar owners or yeah. something, maybe not even bars, restaurants. Um,
1: well, what I was going to say is that there's a certain standard that comes with like something that you produce from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. Even, even I, I watch his YouTube videos and I watch and I listen yeah. to the podcast. It's very entertaining. Oh, thank you. Um, and so I know that your show is going to be great. You know, when you do, when you do come around to produce it. I, so. I, I hope so. I hope so.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's you, so sweet. I, I
1: believe in you. You're a great person to have in this community. You've been a gift to all of us. The fact that you're at all the mics, you're extremely mm. supportive. Um, I, it's always been a joy to share a stage with you or a mic, I guess.
0: Check is in the mail. Thank you very much, yeah. Carl.
1: <laughs> you, people, you know how people talk behind each other's backs? Yep. Well, sometimes they say nice things. Oh, I know. And that's people, the best, people, right? people really care about you and they, oh. they really appreciate what you do. Oh,
0: that that, that means a lot. That's, uh, I'm I'm blushing.
1: Yeah, I was meeting with Sean Riley last night and he was mm. saying that he did the podcast with you and yeah. how lovely your family is.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've actually had my kids on the podcast before when I didn't I listened have... to that episode. Oh, you I, did?
1: Was, I tried to listen to that <laughs> episode, was... Matt. I don't know what to tell you, dude. It was it was crazy. It was wildin. I was like, "Girls." <laughs>
0: That's what being a parent. Well, oh, you know, you're with kids constantly. I'm with kids all, I've kids been are animals. For over
1: 10 years, I yeah. spent every day my full-time job is nannying. Yeah. Um yeah, you know what though? I believe it, I've thought about it more recently and I think mm. that part of the reason people love comedians mm. is because we are given permission to expose and share our inner child. Yes. Like we go on stage, we make jokes that you're not supposed to say. We think we say things that aren't politically correct and everyone cheers us on for it. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason that people look up to comedians like, wow, they're saying things I would never say. Kids do that.
0: Kids do that. And uh, there's another thing. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I've said this multiple times. I don't think I could do stand-up if I wasn't also a dad. Hmm. You know, we all think we're funny. Sure. Right. But then to get on stage and be funny, uh, it's very difficult. It's a very difficult thing. But I think the great, Comics out there have an energy to your point, which is very childlike. Mm-hmm. And they're just goofing around being playful. And so I study my children, right? I, I play with my kids. Oh, I don't want I don't want to sound yeah, like a yeah, yeah. but I study them when they're playing and when they're goofing around and some of their movements and whatnot. And I go, That that is hilarious. Yeah. But you know what? Something happened because we're adults now. We look at it and we're like, ah, oh, fucking kids, stop, stop goofing around. Yes. But really, if you stop and look, you go, I paid $50 to go watch stand-ups at a show behave this way That's on stage. Cool. There
1: you go. So, so we're, we're creating this, this, this theory here. Yes. Right? A hypothesis. A hypothesis. And, yeah. And I can tell you, so sometimes I think about some of my heavier topics. Yeah. Whatever it may be. Like, I don't want to scar everybody on the podcast right now, but yeah. I have some heavy topics. You do, yeah. And I find that my punchlines, when I really break them down, are very, very, um, like, elementary thought. It's yeah. it's like, I'll take something kind of grotesque and be like, whoa, I can't eat that. I just had a big lunch.
0: You yeah. know, it's like, it's,
1: I'm taking it and I'm bringing it back to kind of this like childlike humor. Like yeah. I did a roast recently at Friscotti. Okay. We all roasted the host oh, By right, f- right. Jorge. Yeah. And a lot of the things that people were saying on stage were kind of mean. Yeah, yeah. And mine were very, very playful. You know, it was right. like, I made fun of Elwood, for instance, who kind of wears like a full suit to every open mic. I said, yeah. I don't know if I, when I see him, if I should give him a hug or give him $200 for pass and go. <laughs> yes. You know, my my disses were like is not mean. I was really nice and f- and 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 friendly about it. He would
0: look so good in a monocle. <laughs> Wouldn't that he? could have
1: been a joke right there? Yes. You know? I was just like, or you know, whatever it may be. I was making jokes about cartoons, and yeah. So I was taking something that it kind was very of, loving roast. Right, right, and, yeah. and somebody compared it to the way that Andy Samberg roasts. You know uh, anything about Andy Samberg roasts?
0: Uh, <laughs> I know Andy Samberg. I don't know about his okay. roast. Well,
1: he's been on Comedy Central, and he roasts like he'll be like, Josh, you handsome son of a bitch. Why are you so talented? Go fuck yourself. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah, And, and yeah, so yeah. people are, like, not offended by what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't exactly going for that, but that definitely is more of my um, vibe. Yeah. Like, I want to make everybody laugh, and I want to be like, uh-oh, that wasn't nice to say. Yeah. But God forbid you leave there, and you're like, wow, that was, coral really hurt my feelings. <laughs> Which well, I've left roasts like. I'm not great with that. Like, someone makes a joke. I get a lot of jokes made about my weight. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. But, you know, part of me is like... That's hard.
0: Yeah. No, roasts. I'm not ready for roasts. No. I'll go on thank record. You for and recognizing it. that. Yeah.
1: I did not know when I was signed up for a roast like six months in and it yeah. was one of the worst decisions that I could. I was so early on. Like, yeah, I, I wasn't ready to start being like, you know, yeah. clowned on by the community.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Um, you know, I used to do a podcast, too. Right right, at about six months. Yeah. And I used to do it in San Francisco. This is so crazy. This is how committed I was to comedy. I would do it every Monday. I would pay a hundred dollars for the studio space and drive once a week to the SF, obviously for no money, but similar to you, I would interview artists. So all artists and they were so interesting. Yeah. Right. At first, at first I just wanted to do comedians, but then we did dancers and we did Mm -hmm. people in movies, people who pursue the art. Yeah. Well, they're expressive.
0: They're expressive. Yeah. And we're sharing, um, a common suffering yeah I think that uh you know the, the bond with co- comedians I, I heard this all the time uh, about how people would say well even if I don't necessarily agree with this individuals view and fellow comics I still feel closer to that guy than some people in my family and I think the meaning and I, I didn't really get that but I think the thing is is we all know Ugh. we've seen each other kind of suffer on stage and i'm sure we can find empathy for someone who's trying to you know start a band or maybe oh. someone who's painting or something to go oh they sure. they're going through something where they feel like i have this thing and i know it can be good but no one recognizes it other than me
1: yes that's almost i think that's the inner monologue of most comedians like we yes. know i mean i can only speak for myself but i know that i have this thing and that i potentially might have never been better at anything else in my life like this just fits yes. me like a glove But it's also, you know, my mother makes a good point that it's like even when I have six shows in a week, which I did recently, it's like $20 a show, maybe less. Uh, It's not income.
0: It's not income yet.
1: Yet. But we have that idea of it will be.
0: Yeah, and you're investing... You're making the personal investment in time I, commitment.
1: Absolutely, because you have to hone your craft. I'm not ready. To, like, if I was offered a five minute spot on Conan today, I would be ecstatic, but I would know, like, oh, that came a little sooner than I would have liked. Yeah. I wanted to have, I want to have such a good tight five that I know when I get the Conan, I'm like, I already know exactly what I'm going to say up there.
0: It's a uh, reflex. You yes. get up there and just, boop.
1: Well, you heard the done. whole thing about 10,000 hours. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm nowhere near my 10,000 hours, but I can definitely say I'm well on my way. Oh,
0: speaking of that, so Jacob. Jacob Uh, Contreras Contreras was sharing something with me the other day around that 10,000 hour Mm rule. He's been recording uh, audio of every set he's done for 2019. Mm. And he goes, do you know how how much time I have in 2019? 10 hours. Yeah. Think about that. 10 hours is not even two full days of work.
1: I was thinking that's a lot. Are you saying it's not a lot?
0: It's not a lot when you say, I need to get to 10,000.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Now I see what you're no, saying. No, ten yeah. hours. He oh. has ten hours of being on stage as of 2019. His sets, his speaking roles. Yes. Okay, I see. Okay, for me, when you said ten hours, I was like, ten hours of material to comb through to make a time. Oh no, 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 no,
0: no, no. <laughs> no, no, um, no. Okay. I'm sorry. So he. I got you now. You know, it's like, of that, like an hour might be the same bit.
1: You right. know what I so mean? So you're looking at maybe being a decade in. Um. Oh wait, not even that. No, You'd longer, have to a thousand dollars. A longer, right? Yeah. Two decades. And in.
0: I've I've heard this from multiple people who, um, in, in reading and on podcasts and whatnot. And they, they all had this, uh, thing where they said, I couldn't really get good at comedy until I was the headline act. They felt that way.
1: I could, I could understand that point of view. Yeah.
0: Because they said, you're just on, you're getting so much mic time that things start clicking. Right. Sure. Um, so, uh, I, I've used this analogy multiple times on this podcast, so forgive me, but, um, if you're trying to learn an instrument, right? Mm-hmm. You, you buy an instrument and then you go in the room and you just practice alone. Mm-hmm. No one knows you suck. Um, and you're getting hours on end, yeah. right? So eventually you start making something that sounds reasonably beautiful.
1: Like maybe like the notes you're reading, if that's what you're going for. Right. right.
0: Yeah, something starts happening and then you go, I think I'm ready to unveil this to the world. But comedians don't have that. We, we have a thought in our head and go, I'm going to go get on stage. And you get on stage and and just people are staring at you for five minutes. And, and then you walk off and you go, so what I have isn't good. Yeah. How do I fix that? Is that in the writing? Is that in the delivery? Is that in the way I was moving on stage or not moving on stage? Could people tell I was getting uptight? Like, all these things are racing through, but sure. you can't work mm-hmm. on it again until the next day or the next that mic. That is so
1: true. That's why it's such a gift that since we live in the Silicon Valley in the Bay Area, If you play your cards right, a comedian told me that on Monday, you could do seven mics. Yeah. You have to go from San Francisco to Santa Cruz to the South Bay. And, of course, you literally have 15 minutes. You have to hit that slot so fast. Yeah. And then you're out. But what's great about a night, I've never done more than uh, three mics in a night, by the way.
2: That's my record, too.
1: That was also rare. I I rarely do more than two.
0: Yeah, on Um, the same boat.
1: You take that joke, and maybe a little piece of it worked, and you get to rework it. And by the end of the night, you might even have a worked-out joke. But, yeah, for the most part, with comedy... We only get that five minutes, and then you know, till the next day that we can hit a mic. Yeah, it's hard.
0: It's hard. It's, it's also take hard time. to listen
1: back. That's one of the things that I think every comedian says, but no one understands how horribly difficult it is to listen back to sets.
0: I, uh, you don't
1: feel you don't have as much of a hard time.
0: I, oh, it's terrible. Oh, okay. I wasn't it's sure. Horrible, I was like, Carl. maybe. <laughs> no, it's terrible. It's to the point where so the last I don't know three months I've I've been videoing my um my sets. And so I always make it part of the process. It's like I got to write the day I'm going to go up. I got to go up. Uh-huh. And then the next day I have to watch and put, put a couple notes on the performance.
1: How Sometimes, disciplined of you. That is very disciplined.
0: Well, but wait, there's okay, more. Well, hang on. <laughs> I jumped the gun <laughs> There's there. more. I love the writing. I love getting on stage. That last step, I'll put it on. Sometimes... There's a lot of stuff I've never even looked at.
1: Uh, Same.
0: Yeah. I'll put it off. Uh, Yesterday, I did it. I finally did it. Because this week has been really... I haven't been writing well. I've been trying to write, but nothing's... I'm just like writer's constipation. Sure. Something's happening where I, I can't get thoughts organized. I can't make anything funny. So I've been very disappointed in my writing. I'm also looking... For the rest of December, and things are getting hectic, right? So I may not be able to get as much mic time after next week. Because
1: holidays with the...
0: Holidays and family stuff and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I said, you need to stick to one really hard thing this week. You need to go look at all your videos. So yesterday, I took about 40 minutes, and I watched the last, whatever, two weeks worth of sets... Mm -hmm. Oh, so brutal! And <laughs> I, I just try to write a couple things down. My like, I, I know it's so stupid hard. face. Why am I? <laughs> why do I have to look so at myself? It's so hard. It's
1: so hard. I. You know what's interesting though too is that when you have a good set, mm. I find that when I listen back to a good set, I'm beaming. I am enjoying listening to it. Really, but it's just not. But then, of course, even in a great set, there'll be a point where I get flustered or a point that I don't feel confident about. Yeah. And then when I hear it, I'm just like.
0: Right. It's, it's we're
1: so critical of ourselves. Oh, I hate myself. Oh, I I'm the worst. Back to I would say more than fifty percent of all my sets. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I think you know probably if I'm being honest with myself, it's maybe a little higher than fifty percent, but that is the one area of my plan that, that I just don't execute on. Sure. I don't execute on, and sure. and I should. Um, things like a podcast. I don't really listen back because podcasts are so long. I, I can't, don't,
1: I can't either. I used to do the, t- my, t- my podcast used to be two hours because that's how long I would rent wow, the studio for. Yeah. I did two hour long interviews one-on-one with people. It was wild.
0: No, that's great. <laughs>
1: um, I did have a co-host, uh, okay. Lynette Salandazzo. Th- okay. like you can't find any of the episodes now, but she was Cuban. I'm Jewish. And we were called Havana Juba.
0: Oh, nice. Um,
1: so that was cool. But she, she wasn't a comedian as much. Yeah. So she kind of ran a lot more of the logistics and what needs to happen now and we need to take a break and we've got 10 minutes left, but it would be a long interview. But I also found that I really kind of like the headlining time on the stage. Yeah. It it gave us a lot of time to really explore.
0: Yeah. Um, For me, the podcasts don't open up until after 15 minutes. I could see that. The first 15 minutes, I always kind of feel what direction are we going? How do I handle this? Sometimes I have questions. Sometimes I don't have questions. So that first 15 minutes is the part that once you get over that hump, I think things. I don't know. That's been my. I experience. was going to
1: ask you. So y- your guest before Rudy Ortiz was yes. Mark Normand, and I, that's incredible. First yes. of all, that's an A-list comedian.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And you were at, in his hotel room. I only got to listen to the beginning of it before okay. my phone shattered, oh, which we'll talk I, about. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I I wanted to get to that right away, but we've been having good banter. We have to get to but that. I was going
1: to say. So I was. Were you nervous like the first fifteen minutes? First
0: so time? let me uh, let me share with you, yeah, yeah, Coral, yeah. my last week. I. Last week, I was so anxious all week mm. because I had two podcasts that I was very intimidated. I had Mean Dave uh, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to be... So Mean Dave and Erie Diamond yeah, are doing a podcast that I think is really good uh, for Bay Area comedy. Um, they do other... They're starting to get musicians on and whatnot. But I think, um, you know, this... This podcast that I'm trying to do is kind of a perspective and an experience podcast. Meaning, I'm talking to everyone kind of in the suck, and we're we're sharing tips, tips, having conversations around comedy and whatnot. Um, and they're doing the same thing. So I learned a lot by listening. But Mean Dave's an intimidating guy, right? So I got to go. Oh, one hour with Mean Dave, I know I'm going to fuck up. Oh, right. And so, and I and I didn't. It was an okay. It was a it, not okay. It was a great conversation. I think I fucked up in some areas, but anyway. So I had anxiety I know about that. They're,
1: and, and they're, you can't really fuck up. I mean, you're just, a podcast is about getting, th- these people that are listening now, they yeah. know you. So yeah. I think that they're not judging you as harshly as you're judging yourself. I'm, just, I'm doing therapy right now. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I do that sometimes. It's partially because I'm a nanny. But yeah. the reality is that I doubt you fucked up. And I doubt mean Dave even noticed anything. And he probably had a great time. And everyone who listened to it didn't see anything.
0: I, I hope so. I guess for me, when I start stumbling on thoughts and words, sure. I, I go, oh, you're fucking up right uh, now. That you're happens to me on stage, up. too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, me, too. Yeah. 100%. I, I just get I, off and go. I,
1: my mind is crazy. My, mind, my thoughts are like this. That's why you have yeah. to sit down and write. Yeah. You know, otherwise you're just going to go up there and be like, ah, I try to stay more topical. Mm -hmm. I will talk about my last week. It might not be hilarious content, but sometimes it is. And that's, that's fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think the, um, with, with the podcast, you can get away with, you know, meandering thoughts. Right, right. But on stage, you better be crisp.
1: Yeah, that's right. You got seven minutes. You're going to, you don't want to meander. You don't want to
0: meander. So I had anxiety from that. And then, um, the weekend prior is when I had hit up Mark Norman, and Online? on I just, I, as the kids say, I slid into his DM. On Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. Huh. Big Good hump, for you. Right? I'll tell you how it transpired. I just, on a whim, I took a picture of the tickets I bought of his show. Yeah. And then I posted my story and I added him on it. I said, oh, going to go see this silly guy. And then, and then within minutes, he, he shared it on his story and I go, wait a minute. That's what they do. That's s- what they do. Yeah. I go, hold on. I th- would have, he's so big time. I would have thought he had a publicist. And so then I go, well, fucking, I'm going to try this. Yeah. I went and I, and I said, Hey, this is a long shot. Da, 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 da. And then later that day he hit me back and he said, yeah, sounds like fun. Let's do it. <laughs> he says, you just got to buy me lunch. And there were some other things that we went back and forth on.
1: I love that payment method.
0: Yeah. And then I, I was like, Oh fuck, I was all excited. And I was out of town um, that weekend. Um, but then I just started as you do, you know, that your head in your head, you're like, this is, you almost get to the point where I hope this doesn't go through because you get so anxious. Like I'm not ready to set and the other. And, and so, yeah. So I was anxious. I was anxious for the mean Dave. I had all that. And then I got through the mean Dave thing. I was like, that was cool. That went, that went well. Um, and then the anxiety for uh, Mark Norman. Mm-hmm. and But then he went uh, radio silent. So like Wednesday, I said, hey, where did you want me to pick you up? And he said, oh, let me get my um, information. I'll get back to you. And then Thursday goes by, Friday goes by, Saturday morning. I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't think this is going to happen. Yeah. But here's how much of a fucking idiot I am. I go, I kind of hope it doesn't happen. Right. Like, well, that's, a that's just a idiot.
1: natural thought. That's a natural thought. Yeah. You can't say, do you have a psychologist?
0: I it's part of my bit. I tried therapy. I don't like it.
1: <laughs> okay, you know what? You just had the wrong person. Really? I've had so many different psychologists, and it's uh. it's it's weird because nobody talks. Well, about Well, mine it, was a
0: therapist. Is a therapist the same as it's a? It's not because they don't oh. have a PhD,
1: or I mean, a, a psych. Uh, pretty much, they don't have a doctorate. Okay. A psychologist is someone that's been doing their ten, that's done their ten thousand hours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've never been able to get therapy from a social worker or a therapist because no offense to them, but I also studied psych. I also have a first degree like in yeah, that, so yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. We're on the same kind of similar pages. They can give you advice, but I've always been, right. I want to talk to the professor. Right. Um, but this is the thing, thinking that something you don't want something to go through, that's a thought that everyone has. You definitely don't need yeah, to get yeah. on yourself. I mean, shit. I mean, well, I'm going to share at the end of this podcast this really big news that I got, okay. and it's so overwhelmingly, um, it's joyous, but it's so overwhelming that I'm like, maybe it's best if it just didn't happen. Of course, yeah, I, don't was the exact same of course I don't want that. That was the exact same thing. Of course, I don't want that. But yeah. we all think it. Yeah. We all think it. So, so so, don't get on yourself. It's yeah. Weird.
0: So I was having that thought, but then I, so I hit him up Saturday morning and he goes, Oh um, yeah, that's right. You, you rented a studio space, didn't you? And I go, yeah, but it's fine. We can do it wherever. Cause I, I think he was, I, he was bogged down with something. I think he was kind of hung over too.
1: he probably didn't want to go somewhere. I think you going yes. to him was a great, was a great move.
0: Yeah. So, um, he said, do you mind coming over to the hotel? I said, yeah. Fuck yeah. That works for me. I got a mobile recorder and, um, yeah, I went over and I, at first I was really nervous, but he's, I, he's a, he is a master. He's a funny guy. And as we know, and what we're shooting for is that humor diffuses tension.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, and I bet he knows it better than anyone. Cause he's kind of odd. Yes. He's odd. He's quirky. I went to his show on Sunday. Did, did you like and it? And I talked to him afterward. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I had kind of an interesting experience. Yeah. He, um, first of all, I thought that it was incredible writing. Some of the best writing I've ever seen. I mean, this man yes. is a machine. Clever boy. And and just his movements and his delivery. It's like he's a machine. Yes. Um, I was a little, like, bummed that I felt like he didn't do a lot of audience interaction. Like, it was no. almost like watching a Netflix special, but just mm. having to be there. Yeah. Um, And I always kind of like it where, like... Like, Dawood opened for him. Dawood is yeah. very engaging with the crowd. He'll start yeah. talking to somebody. He'll, he's improvisational. But I also get it. Mark Norman does this so much. Yes. That at some point, it's like, here's what I'm here to do. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, afterward, there was a comedian speaking with him. A lot of male comedians were trying to speak with him, so I didn't push my way forward. Okay. But there was a comedian who's like, Mark, can you give me advice? Did he give advice on your podcast?
0: Yeah, because a lot of my questions were advice about type advice? questions. Yeah. So
1: he was giving advice to some of the comedians outside yeah. and he just poured his heart out to this one comedian about, you know, you really got to immerse yourself and it's all yeah. about just getting out there. And then the comedian goes, wait a minute. So are you saying I can't just do this on weekends? And I was like, don't waste <laughs> Mark Norman's time. <laughs>
0: Was it even a comedian, you think? Or was so it a was guy? A, it
1: was a, like a new like a newish comedian that has no idea what they're who they're talking to or what they're really doing. Uh, and I happened no. to be behind and I scoffed. I audibly scoffed. Yeah. So Mark Norman introduced himself to me. Yeah. He's like, hi, I'm Mark Norman. Yeah. I was like, you don't need to say yeah, that. Yeah. I just saw your show. <laughs> um I just paid money to watch. it." I pretty much told it, him. Sir. I don't know if it was that I made him <laughs> nervous or <laughs> what, but He's too funny. I was telling him, like, you know, that piece of advice was really great. Thank you so much. And then he says, and I think he won't mind me sharing this. And then I'm like, I don't want to keep you. And he goes, good, because I'm holding in a wee-wee. <laughs> <laughs> no. He said, that I've only had, like, two sentences with him. And he said, yeah, I'm yeah. holding in a wee-wee. Yeah. And then he said, I like your hair. And then he shut the door to Rooster Teeth feathers yeah, yeah. <laughs> really fast. And I felt like it almost was kind of like when I interact with a child uh, sometimes, yeah. right? I might have made him nervous for whatever reason.
0: Um, um maybe yeah. maybe
1: I didn't, but maybe he just wanted to go. Whatever it was. Right. Mark right. Norman said to me, I'm holding in a wee wee. I like your hair. <laughs> and then yeah, shut the yeah, door. Yeah. And I'll probably never forget those words. Yeah,
0: yeah. So <laughs> what he did say in, in the podcast, yeah. there was one of the subjects we were talking about, and he goes, I'm getting to that point where I realize I might be at a level where interacting with the public may not be uh Yes. May not be doable anymore.
1: I think he's right.
0: Yeah. And so that's why I, I didn't know he I don't think he was targeting at me because I was just some random Yahoo showing up with a recorder. But I he was just sharing how, you know, people are getting very presumptuous. And I hear another one of the guys I like through for his absurdity is Bobby Lee. And I, I listen. to I
1: love Bobby Lee. He's coming to the improv yes. in like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh
0: Feb no, February. Oh, I February. Sorry. I, I yeah, don't yeah. really look at the calendar. I'm gonna I go just... to that show. I, I'm definitely gonna go to that show.
1: Did you go last uh, time he was here? I missed it. Oh, my God. First time I saw Bobby Lee about a yeah. year ago, I had never seen a better comedy performance. I don't want to, like, call out any of his tricks, but at some point, yeah. he actually steps onto people's tables, and he hops from table to table all throughout the improv. Wow.
0: It's completely
1: unsafe, it's absurd, and it's hilarious.
0: Yeah. He's a master.
1: And he even goes to the improv manager. He's like, they probably don't want me doing this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. He kicks a glass over. He's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't, I don't want to say anything else, but he yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. brings audience members on stage.
0: right. I know a little bit about uh, his act. I've never seen him live, and oh, you're, I regret oh, I'm gonna that. Be there I gotta, too. We're gonna both be. Maybe okay. not The same night, but I'm going. Okay. I'm going. Right on. Um, so his his thing he talks about on the podcast a lot is the uh, presumptuous fans who just come Explain, up okay. and like put him in a headlock and go, "Hey, I like," and it's just too. T- it's too close. It's too touchy, and oh. I think. And Mark Norman made that same complaint. He goes, "People come up, and he talks about the thing called oh shit, I'm forgetting the word he used." Um, he talks about this thing, Salt. I've never heard of that. You've heard of backhanded compliments, right? Sure. So that's oh, basically what It's yes. like
1: a, you've you've put together a, a word. You, yeah. So, so well, that a, was his a compliment word. Compliment insult.
0: Yes. Yes. So he said that he gets that on the road more and more now, and it's kind of um, where they'll say two nice things and then a bad thing. And because one of my questions, actually, I, I wanted to ask you this question too. One of my questions to him was, have you ever gone through a set and then afterwards someone comes up to you, just a rando from the audience, and says, oh, I really liked that joke about beetle Boop, Beep. You know what you should do? You should say zip, zap, zing.
1: They're trying to give you a tag?
0: Or they're just trying to change the joke. Okay. Right? And mm. then he goes all the time. And then I, and then I go, oh. And then that's when we got on that line of You questions. can't give
1: Mark advice. No, but, but we know that. But they don't.
0: No one else knows that Ugh. because, again, like we said at the beginning, everyone thinks they're funny. Everyone thinks they can get on stage and do it. I know I went up with some arrogance in my first month or two. Like, no, I can. Even though I never really even had anyone, you know, tell me I'm funny. I just you didn't thought, make
1: people laugh your whole life.
0: I, you know, I'm goofy sometimes. I can be goofy, but again, I think the kids watching the kids and trying to play the games on their level has made me goofy. Great yeah you weren't goofy
1: before I feel like it's part of your personality
0: uh maybe I was maybe I'm being Maybe not to this extent yeah maybe I'm being self-critical again and maybe I you seem
1: like a goofy guy I feel like even without the kids if you were a comedian you would have maybe not the exact same type of humor but it's it's something that resonates with your inner child
0: yeah I and I do come from um you know Irish Catholic people and us it's just a constant grind of trying to you know tease each other bag on each other it's so, so, everyone's taking each other down a notch, and I guess that's a form of humor. Uh, so, it, that's. No, oh, it,
1: it definitely is. I would say the easiest form of humor when people yeah. ask me is insults. Yes. Is, is to, why don't yes. we all laugh together at these types of people or at this person? Yeah, yeah. I'm really unimpressed. Yeah. When people are like, oh, why do people drive like this? I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we can all hate. <laughs> right, You're not right, making right. me laugh.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Because
1: there's just so many ways. See, that's actually something I noticed about Mark Norman's set, too. It was kind of mean spirited. And I don't mean that he's in any way, maybe it's because he, that's how he feels. An hour long set will tell you a lot about a person. Yeah. And so just kind of like, I didn't get the vibe that he is the happiest person.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: No. And I don't think it's really a secret.
0: Have you listened to his podcast with Joe List?
1: No, but you know what? Somebody told me you'll understand it all when you listen to his podcast with Dr. Drew. Do you know Dr. Drew?
0: Oh, yeah. Do you know? I didn't know he was. He was on so many. See, I was trying to research everywhere he was and I, like Mark Norman podcast. And it's like brrr, he's oh, been on every podcast. Why that's wouldn't why, he? And that's why I got even more nervous because I was trying to research and I go, fuck, I, I knew he was a nationally touring comic. Obviously, I bought his tickets. I've seen him on Conan yeah. Um, or the watched the video on Conan. And so I knew it. But then when I started researching, I go, oh, fuck.
1: This he, it was super exciting to, to have him I, I, I was super excited he was on your podcast I can't yeah. wait to listen when I have a phone again
0: <laughs> which we're gonna get to yeah don't worry friends Yikes. we are getting to the broken phone here wow, so um wow, wow. no he talks about it i think you know like um like i, I think all of us comics yeah. and this is another question uh, you know how i do question of the week now That's around right. town um I'm gonna work my way to this question but I want to get a, I want to get more goofy questions out of the way first but I believe the majority of people trying to do stand-up comedy have a troubled childhood.
1: I wouldn't... As someone who studied psych and as a comedian, I wouldn't contest that. Yeah. I would absolutely agree. It's my
0: hunch. It's my hypothesis. And so I think all of us... Have been, and and we did it in the podcast too, Mark, me and Mark Norman, when I asked him one question, he goes, oh yes, we've all been beat and diddled as children. And then I threw something else in like, oh yeah, and beat over the head with this. Because, you know, abuse is just, almost every comic I come across, we just talk about it like, oh, remember when you are a kid and you were getting beat? Like, th- like we all have our stories. Well,
1: it's the way of, like you said, we're we're relieving the tension. So nobody wants to hear about your dad beating you. But if you make it into a joke, yeah, then it's okay to talk about. Yeah. Not talking about it at all, is, I think, actually causes more damage.
0: I, felt, I feel good since I started doing comedy. That's why I don't know if I'll ever go back to therapy. I think I quit therapy like right around the time I started Maybe that's Maybe
1: that's later on in life for you. It, I yeah. haven't had therapy for about 10 years and I just started up again. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, and it's about like being at a point in your life where you just kind of want to not have certain things from your past continue to haunt you. It's yeah. like emotional baggage that I'm bringing from relationship to relationship, job to job, yeah. and it's only when you really sit down and you break it Break it into its little pieces and talk with it with someone who knows how to. Yes, that I find you can move forward.
0: Well, again, my so I'll 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 go ahead and we'll go deep. My biggest thing with therapy was the sheer cost.
1: Okay. Yes. Oh my so god. So I'm, I'm I'm again sh- Irish Scot- Scot- w- Scottish. It's crazy. It's I,
0: yeah. Every person walking the earth has problems. It's like I feel like I'm being an esoteric something by shelling all this money over to a person so I can talk about something that happened to me when I was in third grade.
1: Sure. That could totally cause like some kind of cognitive dissonance because you're like, okay. Okay. So here's the thing. This is a true, this is true. So I am a nanny. I work for a psychologist. She's amazing. She works at Stanford. She has her own private practice. So she's decided when I told her about how I'm a comedian, but I really don't have uh, anyone to talk to. She was like, I'm going to hook you up with a psychologist. Trust me. I work at Stanford. I'll figure it out. I go to my first meeting with someone she set me up with and I'm filling out the paperwork and I come up on the finances and it says fifty minutes to an hour long session weekly will be three hundred and thirty dollars. And I stop filling out the paper and I call the lady out of her office and I'm like, hey, um, I-, I can't even pay you a quarter of this. I can't pay you half of this. And she goes, Your boss didn't tell you? And uh. I was like, No. And she goes, Come into my office. And she sits me down and she's like, Your boss is sponsoring your care. Oh, my boss nice. is paying twelve hundred dollars a month for I me to do get care. Yeah, okay, so I would do that. Yeah. Okay. So I would normally come on. I'm yeah. not going to pay twelve hundred dollars to somebody to listen to me, yeah, yeah. but I'm also realizing what that kind of care looks like.
2: Mm.
1: Oh my god, it's so different than talking to a social worker, in my opinion. Okay. But no, I would never spend. They just pretty much raised my pay by fifteen thousand yeah. dollars a year. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. But
1: I, I started crying. Yeah. Because you have to realize someone out there wants me to get better. Like, oh, wow, that's and amazing.
0: You hear a lot of these top comics talk about it how they go well I thought going to therapy would make me a worse performer but that was that was ignorance actually doing therapy has made me a better performer
1: I well it's you get to know yourself better in my opinion I don't know myself very well I'm great at making strangers laugh yeah I'm great at like kind of weaving my way into like a circle when I'm in a room full of strangers yeah but I don't know myself that well sometimes I ask myself like what do you like what do you like? What kind of people do you like to be around? What do you like to listen to? Right. I've. What happens oftentimes, from what I understand, when you have a very troubled childhood, is that you will focus your energy on others so that you don't have to feel the pain. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that makes you kind of a good comedian, too, though.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, you, you get into this. It uh, it is is people-pleasing. Comedy is people. Even if you're an ornery comic who gets up and just starts... um.
1: You can even antagonize the audience, antagonize and you're still it. people pleasing. In you a sense. are because
0: other people are getting a kick out of it.
1: Yeah, you know who's a good example of this? Ryan Goodcase. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Have you I ever know. had him? Uh, that would be an interesting interview.
0: Oh, on the podcast? No, yeah. I've reached out to him. I think he's, he's a busy a bu- guy. He is a busy man. He recently yeah, won the World guy. Series
1: of Comedy. Yeah. Um. So he he's not necessarily there to be friends with the audience yeah. and, but they want it. So they want to be his friends so bad. I find yeah. that I wish I had this kind of draw, this kind of pull. Yeah. And then when people start to get on him, he puts them in his, in their place. Yeah. 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 And he goes, I didn't point or like, I didn't say I no one asked for your opinion, Yeah, 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 sir. <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing because I do everything I can to not make the audience, like maybe have like
0: oh, ill yeah, feelings. And w- he's I so good at what he me. does. Yeah. He's
1: so good at what he does that he yeah. could tell you to shut the hell up. And you're like, He's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that's a great comedian.
0: Yeah, he is. Well, he's also, uh, you know, he's another one of these guys. His jokes are very clever He's when he writes. You could tell he's either a writer or maybe just a thinker, philosopher, because his stuff is very windy, and there's, you know.
1: He was one of the first people I saw perform when I started, um, like, just at an open mic, and I was like, wow, that guy's... Yeah, now, that's comedy because I think a lot of times at open mics people are trying out new bits So you don't get to see their potential. Yeah, but ryan Goodcase has always kind of been working out A select number of bits. So now he's got these incredible worked right. out sets. Yeah. Yeah, um,
0: no, I would love to get him on Uh, i'll reach out to him again one of these days Um, but yeah, I agree. He's a he's a good entertainer and he's he's abrasive um, but to to circle back I think he is troubled and he, on his uh, podcast, even though it's mostly um, Mm -hmm. zingers, they do talk about their therapist. They both have the same therapist. That's the funny part in this podcast is sometimes they'll talk about like, yeah, Al told me this. (laughs) Wait, Mark? Mark. Yeah. And Norman, the Joe list. Oh, Joe List and
1: Mark Norman have the same therapist.
0: Okay. 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 Yeah. So, um, I think you're probably on with it, uh, with your, that he's not a happy guy. Probably. Okay, so
1: something happened, and I didn't want to blow him up on your podcast, but I'll just tell you. Okay, so okay. something happened after I went to the Rooster Teeth Feather show. Okay. I had just spoken with Mark. He told he shut the door. I ended up staying outside of Rooster Teeth Feathers for an additional 45 minutes talking with a fellow comedian. It was not related mm. to him, to Mark. Yeah. Okay, so when he comes out of Roosters, it's just me and another comedian standing there, and he sees us, and he takes a cardboard box, uh. and he holds it in front of his face to hide his face and walks right past us to his car. Starts his car and drives off. And him, the other comedian and myself are like, did we do something? Uh, I mean, it was clearly about us. Yeah. I mean, he he held it like he was a celebrity because uh, he had to pass us on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. And I had just spoken with him, but I thought about it more. And I asked yeah. my friends, I was like, did I do something to piss off Mark Norman? Yeah. And then they told me, you know what? If you listen to more of his podcast, you'll realize. And what you just said to me makes so much sense. Like yeah. he's, he wasn't looking for another interaction yeah. and it might seem odd to us, but he was like, if I just hold this box. Oh, cause it was almost like he maybe thought like we didn't know it was him, but it was, it was him. It was Mark Norman holding a box yeah. in front of his head. But it makes sense. You see, he didn't want to even hear us say, hey, great set, or have a good night. Yeah. He was like, I don't want, he was at capacity.
0: He was at and capacity. I, and I've yes. been there
1: too. It's like, oh, yeah. I can only imagine what it's like when you're at that level.
0: I can't imagine that level. You know, I love what I'm doing with uh, going to these you're open You're never going to be
1: carrying a box in front of your head in front of fans. No, I think
0: that's hilarious. I, I think don't that's think he funny. meant it
1: in a funny way, but I think it definitely, the whole night after that, I swear to God, I was smoking a joint later and I was like, why?
0: <laughs> I, uh, what I would, where I was going with, um, this is I, I I don't want any kind of celebrity or fame. Oh. I want to do comedy. Mm. I want to do good in front of com- uh in front of your own random strangers. I want to talk with other com- comics on the podcast. But I can't imagine the stress and anxiety that I would be under if people just randomly said, "Hey," just walked up to you.
1: Huh. That's interesting. And one of to us- be. Yeah.
0: Wanted to be your friend or wanted yep. to talk with you. Or think you did, they know you. Or think they know me. Um, I think that would stress me out tremendously.
1: Interesting. So yeah. there's definitely different sides of that. There's people in comedy yeah. that would give up an arm and a leg to be famous. Mm. And then there are people that just want to entertain. They're not interested. I would say yeah. I'm definitely somewhere in between. Yeah. Um. I've had the people thinking they absolutely know me. I've had the being recognized, the shaking hands. Yeah. I don't mind it at all. I actually prefer it um, because... I want to create as much positive influence as possible in this time on on earth. I'm a people person. I'm meant to be in front of large crowds. Like I just know from having had a video blog and running into people that watched it. But the thing is just like a podcast, people would watch my video blog and say to me when I'd go out in downtown, I feel like we're best friends. Mm. And I'm like, what is your name? I don't know, but it would get me excited. It would be at the bathroom at like a bar. So for me, I really enjoy it right now. I've never, and I get bombarded with messages and stuff and I love replying to all of them. Maybe at one point I won't feel that way. Yeah. But also important to note it, like I'm not, I'm single. Yeah. I'm not looking to get married anytime soon. I'm about to be 29. And that also opens up the opportunity for me to connect with more people. My energy is able to go out to more people. Yeah. 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 If when I was trying to make a relationship work that wasn't working when I first started comedy, I did not have the kind of energy to put into comedy that I do now. Yeah. It's like you can only work so hard to make something that's difficult happen in so many avenues of your life, right? You
0: oh, I I call that yeah, this is <clears throat> this is my pop psychology. I call that psychic energy. We only have so, so much, much psychic, psychic energy to put on things like so I feel like you know, everyone should be putting energy into the the foundation is just you got to have some kind of physical fitness and um some kind of healthy, eating. So, something needs to be there where you're, you're, you're filling the bucket, right? So you got to have something to do that. That's your base level. And then you have relationships. And these are real relationships, you know, like your, you know, family, or right. really close friends or um, people, I, I would actually even call the people in the comedy community. Um, you know, those are people that are important to me now. And I want to maintain those relationships, and then after that, you have all these other things. You got a career you need to worry about. Mm-hmm. You got this craft now that we're into with comedy that you have to worry about. Um, maybe podcasting is taking like psychic. injury, but then new relationships, especially romantic relationships, are like that's a suck like no yes. other thing.
1: Yes, it sometimes I think I'm kind of a love addict, and I know. Oh, that. okay, yeah, so yeah. So sometimes I feel like it's like it's like refueling me. I'm like I'm so in love. Everything is yeah. so great. Well, it is. It it is, but But it's it's also taking, it is also taking and also when things start to fall apart because a lot of times, you know, they're dandy in the first couple of weeks and then you start to really figure out each other's, you know, not so pretty side. Yeah. Um, I'm just so devastated. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, you talk about, you know, women like that. (laughs)
2: Like, and, and
1: it's not like as, as obvious as that, but I did date a guy for a pretty long time who love bombed me, Uh which is that like so supportive coming to all my shows, making me food, like really pampering me where I'm like, this man is amazing. And then as I became more attached, the more of like the, the rudeness came out, yeah. the, the, the shortness, the raising of the voice that neglect, it, it it's called love bombing because uh, they wait until you're kind of hooked. Yeah. And then comes the rest then comes, Oh, here's who I actually am. Yeah. Um, so I'm not even, I'm, I'm, it's humorous. I say it on stage. I'm like celibate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's helping me understand myself better.
0: Yeah, I think, so that's an interesting question about the uh, dynamic. And I was about to say male and female romantic relationships, but it's 2019, romantic relationships between people. Isn't it funny how sometimes we hide what we are from those we're trying to be intimate with? It's like, I'm going to be as intimate uh, as I could possibly be, as vulnerable as I possibly be, but I'm not going to really share this opinion about that. I'm not going to behave this way. I'm going to be sneaky. Mark about
1: Norman's it. bit about this. Uh, he had a bit oh that shit. said I he forgot. was talking about how you know women wear all this makeup, right? And to look nice, he's like, I'm wearing a fake personality. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember that. He joke. said he's like I, <laughs> Maybe, and then he, yeah. and then women get mad, you yeah. know, when when he wants to leave in the morning, and he's like. You know, I did what I had to do to get here, and oh, that's not who I am. Yes. That's what I had to do. I put on a show for you so that I could yeah. get laid. Yeah. And he's super blunt about it. And, yeah, said, yeah. and then he said the women are like, so that's all you wanted from me? He's like, that's what was advertised. <laughs> he's harsh. I remember that. He's harsh. But, yeah, yeah. but it's so interesting because that's the kind of things that nobody will say. Yeah. And then he talks about how the woman will try to keep him oh. at, at the house. And he goes, wait a minute. You need to do your part to keep me here. I did what I need to do to I, get now laid. Now I remember. Now I remember. Yes, exactly. Yes, He's I like, you want exactly. me to stay? Do something to make me stay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's ballsy. That's, that's true. But you know what? The comedians that we really love are speaking a truth no matter how harsh. I know. That's, yeah. You think about Bill Burr's and, you know, me and Dave, I had on- Dave Chappelle, same idea. He says Dave things. Chappelle. They all say things that they think and. They're rooted. They have such a strong foundation or or sense of who they are that it's like, you can come at me, come at me. But then a lot of things that happen is they, um, they argue both sides of the topic, right?
1: Yes. I I love that idea. I mean, not everyone does. Yeah. But, um, I'm thinking
0: Louis CK's last special, he comes right out and says abortion. Do you remember that one? And then he does both sides of it.
1: I don't remember the both sides of it because I've seen so much Louis C.K. Yeah. But I can imagine him starting a show like that, sure. Yeah. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. That's why when he got Me too he was like, okay. Yeah. I'm still going to try to do shows. I mean, yeah. he came and did the improv and there were protesters in the streets yeah, when yeah. he came to the improv. Yeah. Um,
0: It's just a sense of, I think that's probably what makes the great comedians is they just have this, this is who I am and uh, you can debate me on it, but um. You know, whatever. We're right. here. We're here now.
1: I was and gonna, you're still laughing. They are. You're still laughing. And some people are going to be very offended and walk yeah. out. That's just what happens, I guess. Yeah. I don't want to ever be a comedian that, what's it's called walking, walking okay. someone. Really? I don't ever want to be a comedian that walks the audience. But I also think that you don't want to be a comedian that's just like a nice fluffy dollop, you know, of fun. Let's talk about crosswalks. Let's talk about traffic. It's like, yeah. no, let's talk about... Yeah. You yeah. know, when you're, you you want to go through your man's phone, but you can't, you know. Yeah. But you do. But then you can't. Talk. It has to be something that everyone kind of relates to, but doesn't talk about. That's what I find is the best comedy.
0: Yeah. I. Um, oh, shit. I just lost my train of thought there. Oh, sorry, you had. Happens. No, no, no. Yeah, You had me going on something and I was going to think about. Uh, yeah, this is one of these bad moments.
1: This this happens to me on stage. I literally don't remember where I am. Oh, it
0: happens to me too. But sometimes, you know when that happens on stage, I can just pause. And then some people take that as, oh, he's doing an awkward pause guy bit right now. And then I'll pause. And then a joke will just drop in. Normally I have the game plan. But sometimes I get, if let's say I have 10 bullet points for this set, right? 10 bullet, premise, punch, premise, punch. And then I get lost right here. I still have jokes floating around in here. But then once I access a new joke, then that whole set list that I wrote down, it's gone. It's out the window because I've gone on a different tangent. Oh, and that's then the me rest almost set. every set. Really? Oh, yeah.
1: I have an idea of what I'm going to do. But if mm-hmm. I start going in a direction, I have such a repertoire. Yes. Um, you know how You got Jake, a lot of stories. I've got a lot of stories and Laurel's I've got, got a lot stories. of stories. I've got so much content. I, I think yeah. I think I might have said this on your podcast the first time, but the first couple months I did comedy, I didn't realize that like you're supposed to work on your ten. I would do a new ten yeah. every week. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't it wasn't like mind blowing, but it right. wasn't it was a solid ten. And so now what I'm trying to do actually more now is actually just rely, depend on myself more. Yeah. I know I can do this. Yeah. So go ahead and engage with that audience member. Yeah. Um. See where it goes. Worst case scenario, it doesn't go well. But if you don't try, you'll never get better.
0: Yeah. You just helped me. The memory pops back into my
1: head. Oh, good. Yay.
0: <laughs> so right now I have this philosophy. I'm an open mic comedian and I go to dive bars. So my philosophy right now is to be pretty much unless absolutely antagonized Mm -hmm. to leave the audience alone unless i'm doing kind of a fun shout out type thing Mm. and here's why because i kind of realize i feel like um doing dive bar comedy i'm almost an invader Mm. in someone's good night someone went out to have drinks and they wanted to talk with their friend wait but now we got a guy up here talking about farting
1: i think it's exactly the opposite Really? I'm like, somebody went out to go have a good time with their friends, and then they're like, oh, shit, free comedy? Yeah. Is, am I the only, I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome, but I can
0: see a point of view, and because this has happened in places like Woodhams or Caravan. Well, why don't Never they just I, go somewhere else? Not um, not uh, Is that, is that presumptuous
1: of me? To be like, if you don't like comedy, you can go somewhere else to drink. Maybe I think is. that is presumptuous. It is. I just yeah, love comedy that much. I just yeah, love yeah. comedy that much.
0: I think it is a little presumptuous, because I see their point of view – uh, where they are just, I, I just what is just like they're like,
1: yeah, it's like their regular spot. They're uh, like, this, this is where we meet. You or guys aren't going It's gonna... not
0: a regular spot. It's like a a couple business people. Oh, oh they, they we do need that. to finish. That happens meeting. all
1: the time in downtown Sunnyvale, Lilymass. I run. I run an open mic, and I yes. have to tell people we're having these meetings to quiet down. And they're like, "Who are you?" And I'm like, "I'm the lady running a show behind you. Like, yeah, please, yeah, yeah. please quiet down." And what I found is similar to when you talk to children. Yeah. If you come at them in in an attacking way, they're going to become very defensive. Like, hey. Yeah, we're having dinner. We paid money for these drinks. Yeah. But if you're like, hi, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I have this voice that I use. I learned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and honestly, tone, when I was
0: tone is 80% of the conversation. It's
1: part of the way it's the way I talk to children. And it's the way that I was going to talk when I was going to be a nurse and be bedside. It's yeah. like, I'm so sorry. Um, We really love having you here. But there is a show going on behind you. If you could just please lower your voices just a little. It would mean so much to me. We're doing level
0: two voices. Yes. Tonight. And it w-
1: it's this is what you don't want to do. Can you guys just stop? Can you yeah. shut up? Yeah, yeah. There is a show and some people will say that.
0: Oh yeah, it happens.
1: Um but I you know, you get more bees with honey than with vinegar. Yes. Which doesn't even make sense, but that does that do they even does honey bring bees? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't um, know. but yeah, there's I a always, lot of
0: stupid statements that I'm actually trying to work on in jokes. Um, I've been Oh yeah, shopping. puns
1: are fun. I'm more into puns right now as of recent. Puns
0: are great, but I'm thinking like we say things, right? Uh, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I fucking you implicitly are saying That lemon is a piece of shit fruit Which I I, I believe it's the lowest Of all citrus foods And the only thing You can make with it I didn't know there was a hierarchy Yeah there's definitely a hierarchy And oranges are up there you <laughs> Oranges know, kum, are up there Kumquats They're down there Around the lemon are, Limes, They're
1: under lemon dude Nobody wants a kumquat
0: You're probably right on that But I do think kumquat Might be one of the funniest words In the English kumquat language Kumquat is a great word It is a great word It would be um, a
1: great thing To talk about this uh, Lemon hierarchy And it, use kumquat As a callback later <laughs> See, I've used kumquat. And you're like, a I look down and in my hand, all I can describe it is, it's, you know, it's a kumquat. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> I was so happy.
0: I kumquatted my pants. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna kumquat, and I'll be right, meet you guys there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: uh, we, we didn't, uh, so yeah, I'm working on this guy. Kind of, we didn't, um, we're coming up on
1: fifty minutes. We have yet oh, yeah. to talk
0: about the phone.
1: Oh, the phone! The phone so is a very So tell me what this is like, because you
0: you are literally living in eighteen seventy six right now. I not Coral. only
1: my living in eighteen seventy six. So to get here to Matthew McCarran's house, yeah. I had to write down directions with a pen from Google Maps. I don't have a phone, so this, me, It had a feather
0: on the end of it. Yes,
1: exactly. It. I was dipping it and going, make a left on Hazelwood, and I wrote, "Thou a, shall make a left." I have to. I have to show you guys. Yes, exactly. Thou shall turn. <laughs> This is what I wrote the directions on. Let's let's take a look at what it looked like before Ooh, we had phones. look at you. You look are at this. classy. Look at this napkin. And then you want to know the greatest part? Oh, by the way, I should also mention, I've had the worst luck this week. My phone yes. shattering is just on top of it. My birthday is tomorrow. I'm having yeah. a big party for all the comedians. Yes. So I write it on this napkin. In the middle of driving, I sneeze. I'm like, well, you know, that's the good thing about writing on a napkin, right? So I decide to rip a little piece of it off. It oh. rips half the directions.
0: Oh no. So now, Coral. now on the
1: way here, Matthew. This is me on the way here now.
0: It's a treasure map.
1: I I'm literally driving and trying to make the words meet and and I'm reading the car I'm reading the signs. I felt like this was I was geocaching for this home. <laughs> I was looking I was like, "All right, there should be a was, tall oak and I yes. make a left at the tall oak."
0: Yes. Um, when you see the crows fly east, you know to turn west.
1: And I had no way of contacting him. Like if I yeah. was to get lost, it would just be like, I'm s- lost.
0: Yep. I sent you a text. I didn't even, um, you know, I didn't assume this was going to get through, but I sent you, I should say I sent your mother a text. Okay. And I just said, uh, you know, if it's easier for you to find uh, John D. Mar- Morgan Park, because it's it's really easy to find Landmark right on the main drag over there at Santa Monica. If you want to do that, I can just pick you up because there's a lot of turns to get into this neighborhood. There, it wasn't This that neighborhood bad. is very secretive.
1: You know what? I have to tell you, every mm. time I would like look for a certain name and I would finally see it, it was like a little piece of the puzzle, a little piece of joy. I'm nice. like, oh, thank God that is Bud. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because you're just driving straight. You're like, in uh, uh, 0.8 miles, there should be a street called this. Like, I don't know. Is this the right way? Um, and yeah. then, as if I'm telling you guys, I've uh, had the worst week. But uh, I should mention, uh, I saw a Psychic about a year and a half ago. Okay. And it could be total bullshit, right? I was at a, I was at a crystal store, and they were like, yes. you, I must give you a reading. And I was like, <gasps> he calls to me. How much uh, is it? Yeah. Um, and he told me that I'm one of those people that, w- from what he could tell, um. They say that this is astrological, and I'm not into it, but they say that it takes 29 years for Mercury to come back to the exact spot where, you were, where it was when you were born. Okay. And so sometimes people will have really good luck the first 29 years of their life mm-hmm. and then really bad luck, and sometimes okay. it can be the opposite. I can tell you, and very confidently, I've had terrible luck <laughs> for the last 29 years. And I don't know if it's just gotten in my head, but this last week leading up to my 29th birthday has been the worst. Just the worst. Uh. The phone shattered. I take it to Verizon. No one is there that can help me. I lock myself out of my iCloud. Now I have no way of even getting onto my Apple. Like, You're, yeah. And then get this: you may my, as
0: well not exist right now, Coral. I
1: have no way of. You guys have seen me here. This may be the last place anyone ever sees me, and no, and there'll be no explanation for yeah, it. Yeah. But as I'm leaving my house today, I'm closing my door. I live in an apartment, and I'm closing my door. I put my hand on the door. Wet paint. Someone painted my front door and didn't even put a sign. I'm leaning on it. I'm like What the fuck? And literally leaning on wet paint is like the cartoon version of bad luck, right? Yes. I'm like shutting my door. I'm like, blue paint. Did someone paint our door? Look at my hand. Oh. And I'm just like, wow. Where's I can't the w- banana
0: peel when you need it?
1: Seriously, I'm so glad I got here because I was like gonna be like, watch me get lost, not be able to get back home. Or have- call me. I I would flag down a stranger. One time I ran out of gas with no phone. You have to flag down strangers and pretty much plead for help. You're like, can you just look up this address for me and tell me how to get there? Oh, no. Um, But tomorrow should be the end of all that. That's what I believe. And you know what? Maybe, I'm. of course, I'm going to continue to have bad luck in my second half of my life, but... This could be this. I, I can't. I don't. I'm not here to say whether or not magic and that kind of stuff is real. Yeah. But my boss, who's a psychologist, who's a very well-off psychologist, told me the first 29 years of her life were awful. Uh, and now she owns her own private practice. She's beautiful. Yeah. She's making the world a better place. Right. So I would love, I would love, love, love for that to be the case.
0: <laughs> Who knows? I don't give much credence to the, um. you know, that, that crowd. I don't either. But
1: I don't either. But you know what? Considering how this week has gone. Yes. Oh, man, it just keeps. And then I found out this week that another comedian is doing a show at Metro City Dwayne oh. and they didn't ask me. This is the thing about comedy. If you're doing a show at a venue and they decide to do another comedy show at that venue, that's competition. That's not oh, right, right, what I explained it to the owner of the venue is like, it's like, that's like two guys having sex with the same girl. It's like, yeah. whoa, 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 you're seeing her. I'm seeing her.
2: Yeah. And it's
1: hard for me to even see someone else doing a show on that stage because I, that stage is the stage I built. If that makes any sense. Like they got that stage for my show. I put the lights up in the background and now someone else is going to do a comedy show there. They didn't tell me. I saw a poster for it. Oh, I'm like, why is there a poster for a show on the stage that I made? (laughs) And I don't Uh, know about it. And so I had a hard time. Yeah, I'm going to be honest about what happened. I ended up going to the venue and talking with the guy and he said, you know, you don't own this stage. This is a business and I need it to run. And I said, you're absolutely right. You owe me nothing. That's something that you need to know. Like yeah. in comedy, nobody really owes you anything. Yeah. So you always have to come at it from like a gracious point of view. Yeah. And I said, okay, do the show. Uh-huh. You know, obviously it's scheduled, do the show. Uh-huh. But if this continues to be a monthly thing, I will not be doing shows here. Oh, okay. And people are like, oh no, don't do that. You're pretty much giving away your room. But it's like, you don't have two comedy shows at the same venue. They're literally going to be posters for both shows on the walls. It doesn't make sense.
0: Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate yeah, on this. Yeah, please do. Doesn't, if you have a club like a Punchline or um, a Cobbs, don't different producers use the stage for different shows? Oh,
1: absolutely. But that's a that's a comedy club. Okay. So yeah. this is a restaurant and bar.
0: Yeah. I think, I, I, I know who you're, ta- I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right.
1: And, and, and it's something that, so that was another thing that I saw this week. Mm. It was just kind of a thing where if you're using a space to create a show, someone doing a show of the exact same, like right. appeal. Right. It's not, I. it's not like, I was speaking with a couple of other producers last night trying to wrap my head around this and they're like, there's lots of venues. You don't need to be in competition. Yeah. Because you have to realize we're targeting the same people, locals that love comedy.
0: Well, Sunnyvale is on fire right Sunnyvale, now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sunnyvale, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sunnyvale, that Murphy Street, I mean, uh, the it wife. It grew. It's, it's, I mean... I, I think every week there's a show at one of the venues there, right?
1: It's it's blown up. Sunnyvale used to have nothing. Yeah, I'm originally from Sunnyvale, so I feel very passionate about it. Right. And now we have a show at the Bean Scene. We've got shows at Lily Max. We've got shows at Metro City. Um,
0: the other one, there's one other bar. Off there. the rails. Off the rails. Off the rails does yes. one on
1: Saturdays. That's great. Yeah. I, I'm glad that people are getting more into comedy because I think comedy is like kind of this unspoken art. I think a lot of people don't realize how much comedy there is. Like when I tell people, do you know that there's like seven shows in downtown Sunnyvale? They're like, "Yeah, no.
0: Right. Yeah. I think right now comedy is hot. I think business owners are very receptive to us walking in and saying, hey, do you want to have a mic here?
1: Hey, can we help you make money?
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's what we're
1: really saying.
0: Yeah. Because even if nothing else, if there is a showcase and other comics stop by, they're selling more alcohol, right? I mean, uh, comics who aren't performing. So other comics just show up to support the comics performing or just want to be out. They're selling more alcohol. So yeah, net, net, net is that it's making someone more money.
1: Yeah, that's actually- Usually not the
0: comics, but-
1: (laughs) No, never the comics. You know, that's the thing too. So I'm gonna be really candid about this too. Like I barely ever get paid for doing the show there. Yeah. I use all the money that I'm given by the restaurant- And buy the tip jar and spread it amongst the comedians. I'm realizing now that maybe I've been overpaying and underpaying myself, but it's not like I make money for it. So if I was to give up the room for whatever reason, I'm sure it would all be part of the process. I really believe that things happen for a reason. Oh, yeah, 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 100%. And then I could focus on myself and my really big gig that I have coming up.
0: Perfect transition. (laughs) What's going on, Coral? What do you got going on? Okay.
1: All right. So... My first ever headlining set was in at Lily Max on Murphy. I got to do 22 minutes one night and it went very well. Okay. So once I started, once I knew I had 22 minutes, yeah. when people ask me for a show, how much time do you have? I can tell them. Yeah. So there's a show called the invisible disability show. Have you heard of it?
0: I've heard of it. Yeah. It
1: usually goes on in Sacramento. It, re- it started out at a cafe called Luna's. It's okay. run by Ali Ada and Drew Kimsey. They're actually, they're not married, but they're a couple, which is beautiful. Okay. And uh, they wanted to create a space to talk about disabilities. They started at a cafe. They asked me to be on it because this is kind of I don't know where, but I have an ostomy bag. That's what got me into comedy. I was mm. I got my colon out, and uh, they asked me to come and they said, "How much time can you do?" If you? Yeah. I said, "Well, if I'm coming to Sacramento, I can do I can do 20." And they said, yeah. "Why don't you just headline it?" So I headlined nice. a show. This was a while back at Luna's. Yes. They end up getting upgraded to the Sac Punchline. Okay. they have me back to feature. So I got to feature for Nina G, I got to do a good amount of time on stage, Mm -hmm. and it went really well again. I haven't heard back from them since. Okay. And I was scared. I thought maybe I did something wrong because they had hired back everyone on that show except for me. Got it. All I can do is say, you know, thank you for the opportunity, continue to support the show, follow everything. I didn't reach out. Mm -hmm. They finally reached out to me and they're like, hey, would you be interested in doing our Invisible Disability show again? I'm like, are you kidding? Nice. And it was pretty clear when I was the feature that I was ready to headline it. Okay. I mean, I can talk to you a lot about my disability. It's what got me into this. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's something that no one else really has. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah 15,000 other people probably in California have it, but not in on that stage.
0: No one's getting on stage to talk about it.
1: And the thing about invisible disabilities I should also mention is that there is kind of like a redundancy in the sense that a lot of people talk about depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so they contacted me and they said, are you interested in being back on our show? And I said, yeah. Absolutely. And they said, well, we've got some big news for you because we finally just got approved to do the Invisible Disability Show at the San Francisco punchline. (gasps) And so my heart stops. I'm like, yeah. Okay. And they're like, and they literally sent it to me just like this, one word at a time. And we wanted you to headline. Oh, that's clever. And okay, I've had a very emotional couple weeks. This happened on November 9th, this booking. I just burst into tears. Yeah. I just burst into tears. I was at a dinner with friends. And they're like, are you okay? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I just got the booking <laughs> of a lifetime. And and everyone's confused because I'm crying at the table. Yeah. And it's not, it, there's a big difference. I want to be very clear between headlining the punchline, working up your way at the punchline. Yeah. And getting booked by an outside booker. But regardless. Who cares? I get to go into the punchline, San Francisco punchline, which I've only performed at one other time. Yeah. And I get to headline. Nice. And it's just... It's interesting because I truly believe in like prayer and manifestation. Yeah. And it's been on my list of things I'd like to do. I'd right. love to headline the punchline. I thought it would be about five or six or seven years from now. Yeah. But it's happening in March, on March 17th of 2020. Nice. It's St. Patrick's day. Nice. Um, And I know it's going to sell out regardless. Not only will all my friends and family be there. Yeah. Um, But the invisible disability show always sells out. Yeah. People want to hear about what you have to say.
2: Yeah.
1: And, So we were talking about how you're so intimidated sometimes you almost don't want it to happen. Yes. To headline a room like that, that some people might not get to do in their entire careers.
0: Uh,
1: You have to understand. I don't know exactly how much time I have. I think I have 20 to 25.
0: Yeah. That's a long time. Well, you got it. You got the content for that. It's I just, have there's the It's just the psychological barrier of, oh, this is the punchlines, the punchline stage.
1: It's, in my opinion, yeah. I, I respect Cobbs and I respect, you know, the San Jose Improv, but the punchline stage is the most renowned, the most respected, the biggest club in Northern California in terms of, like, other people knowing about it, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm taken aback. Yeah, I want to come so ready. I don't want to just do a good job. I want to do a phenomenal job.
0: So you're working everything you got. You're just trying going to get precise, to. precise. I precise. want it to be.
1: I want it to be like the first time I headlined for them when I didn't yeah. feel the pressure when I was at Luna's Cafe. Yeah, yeah. Because the idea of being a good headliner is like you don't want to like see have people see you realizing what a monumental moment this is for you.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're here. This is yeah. what we do.
1: I'm at the punchline, I'm yeah. headlining. Like this is what we do. I'm sure I'll be doing this many more times yeah. in my future. <laughs> but in reality, for four months straight, I've just been like <sighs> Yeah. Breathe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Breathe. 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 Yeah. Um, I'm super excited. It's That's cool. it's a it's uh it's uh, hard to wrap my mind around. Yeah,
0: no. Well, you've been putting in the work so people you are out there, and uh yeah, you just, will be me. rewarded. You will be rewarded.
1: You put yourself out there, you will be rewarded. Yeah. That's all I can say. I'm, you know, I'm also in talks right now with potentially starting to host for the San Jose Improv. They need women. Yeah. They need women. If any women are listening to this and you're a comedian, they have zero male hosts currently. Zero. Uh, Female. I mean, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, they got a lot of male hosts. (laughs) Yeah, lots (laughs) of males. Sorry, I got a little confused. No,
0: comedy is a bit of a sausage fest.
1: A bit is a nice way of putting it.
0: Yeah, it's probably, I would say, what, an open mic night, it's 2% women, maybe. And then that probably just percolates up through into the big let, leagues.
1: Let me just say, so n- not a lot of comedians, like, come on to me. I think it's because I'm kind of intimidating. Yeah. Like, um. but I find that when one other female comedian comes to a mic, every male comedian, it's like, hey, is she single? Like, would she like to talk to me? Really? Because they don't have a lot of interaction with women. They usually are people who have a full-time job. Yeah. And then they come to the open mics. That's their life, right? So, a, like, I brought a female with me once to – um off the hook on Tuesdays I got like three messages from different comedians like is she going to be at your birthday like Uh, when will I see her again and this she's not interested in any of them (laughs) you know I mean it's just interesting and I also think a part of me it reminds me of high school when I used to be the not cute girl uh, and people would be like hey do you know if your friend Allie um is going to be at your birthday I'm like do you want to know anything about me (laughs) you know what that led me to comedy (laughs) now I'm like you will all listen you will all listen And you will <laughs> like it Yes
0: Oh that is hilarious You know I think probably Because I'm the old guy The old married guy Is that, that what you stuff, are? Yeah we, the, These things fly under the radar I didn't realize that they, that, that Oh was right Because
1: you're never You don't even He doesn't even think about it He doesn't You're not like, even think about it yeah. You're like So I'm going up after Jessica Yeah <laughs> that's exactly right who am i when am i on deck yeah who bumped me yeah yeah oh getting bumped okay so that's one thing i kind of like about being a woman that i like yeah it's not at every mic but like if i am the only girl like i will get a little bit of priority oh yeah i'm like dude i have to leave here in 30 minutes they're not gonna have the only girl who showed up not go up yeah um also at caravan lounge which is kind of like a dirty kind of grimy situation for comedy um if you kill there you're a true comedian uh At Caravan Lounge, I found that when a woman goes on the mic because it's so many men in a row talking about, like, how they don't get laid or whatever, that people quiet down. I mean, I've had the caravan be completely silent for me, and it's like, Uh, I didn't quite earn it. It's just like, what is this woman about to say?
0: I I know the caravan very well. I bet you do. When you get the room quiet, it's not because you're a woman. It's because you command the stage.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't put that on your Um, your – when you get up there, I think heads turn because – there's a confidence in the way you start your stories and then um yeah just your energy I, I don't think you. it has anything to do with because because I've seen guys do it I mean I've um I'm a big fan of Yemma
1: I I recognized when the first time I saw Yemma who's a new comedian that moved here from the east coast oh he's I not a new comedian I mean he's a new he's a, he's a new comedian here yeah, sorry here, I should be yeah. more clear he's yeah. not a new comedian yeah. how long has he been doing it three years
0: um, I had him on the podcast He told me I'm forgetting But he's been doing comedy Down south uh, in LA For some time not At least a new, three years Not maybe. a new comedian yeah.
1: New to this scene yeah. First time I saw him Do four minutes I spoke I got him Right when he got off stage I booked him on my show yes. The next night He goes on to go on Into one of our like Community yeah. shows He wins He beats out like 50 yeah. other comedians This man He has the thing You were talking about He, he commands the stage
0: I So it's been Like I said A year and two months Caravan I would consider It's my home club I love that. Right? He, it's one of my so, home clubs as
1: well. Woodums, yeah. unfortunately, is my number one home club. Yeah,
0: yeah. So um, I had never seen someone get up and then... I've seen people get up and it gets quiet. Uh-huh. If you can, if you can even get caravan quiet, yeah. pat yourself on your back. You should. Which you do when you get up and do your stories. Then the next level is getting them to laugh, which you do. Then the the top level is getting howling. I've seen him... Go up there. And get howling. And within a minute or whatever, people are howling. It's not that we got quiet to listen to him. It's that he went up and executed at a level that you're taking people who do not give a fuck. Yeah, Caravan lounge is people who don't care. They do not give a fuck. In fact, they actively go there. I have a cousin-in-law. He's a stage performer in that he does um, theater. Uh Uh-huh. And he he told me one time, he goes, I was sharing the stand-up stuff. And he goes, you know, Matthew, uh... When you get on stage, you're at an advantage because people want you to succeed huh. because it's awkward to see people fail in a public setting. And in my head, I go, I don't know. To him, I go, oh, yeah, that's true. And in my head, I go, have you ever been to the caravan?
1: Oh, like people, people want to see you they fail? Wanna see you the thing, they want to see you not shit. They don't even get to see you eat shit because once people yeah. have written you off, they've written you off. They're going to turn their chairs yes. back around and they're yeah, going to yeah. start. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going to share this really quick, something that happened to me at the caravan that I think is one of the most hilarious things. So the caravan in Woodhams being dive bars is a great place for a comedian to come up because I thought it was that hard to do comedy every time. And the first time I came into a comedy club, which actually was in San Jose Improv, in front of 300 people, I was like, wait, you guys are actually listening to my every word? You guys are feeding on my jokes? I love it. But one of the first times I did the caravan, I kid you not, there was a man that was drunk in the very front, heckling everyone, not in words, right? Just like, oh, ah, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mumbling. Yes, he's clearly drunk. And yeah. right before I go up on stage, he decides to get up from his stool to leave and he loses his balance, which can happen when you're drunk. <laughs> and he falls right onto the stage. And this is a little alarming. He hits his head on the stool, knocks himself out, and then pees himself. There we go right on the That's stage about right. and that is such a great yeah. example of what doing caravan uh, yeah. like caravan comedy can be like because yeah. literally people pick him up i don't know if that man was all right <laughs> and they just go your next comedian's coral best that is, there's P on the stage they have just is, dragged a man possibly lifeless
0: is, yeah possibly lifeless
1: off this and and they're like here's jokes from coral <laughs> So I had to address it, which is something comedians have to do. We have to. Yeah. Address. If someone oh, just yeah. peed on the stage and you don't mention it, you're not a good comedian.
0: Yes. Yeah. That needs a call out 100%.
1: But it also reminded me like, oh, okay, this is not the easiest thing to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great. That is, it's, it's that a, is a fun a story, caravan, isn't it? That's caravan in a nutshell right there. Cause there's multiple comedians who have <laughs> stories of people passing out on, on stage or grabbing them or whatever. Right, right, right. Caravan. Um, but yeah, he, he made them house. So I would say I wouldn't, um, I'm not gonna credit that to your gender.
1: Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I do tend to downplay my success. Yeah. Like I've had I've had some success in and and I'm gonna be at two and a half years um this December. Yeah. And I definitely tend to, oh, you know, like, for instance, the booking at the Punchline, like, I yeah. first, I cried, but a- another part of me is like, did I get it because I have an ostomy bag?
0: Oh.
1: You know? But then I'm like, no, what? No, I've performed for these people twice already. They've seen what I can do, and they decided to make me headline. The fact that they're letting me do their first show at the Punchline says yeah. a lot about how much, how much faith they have in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't want to downplay it. I... Oh, and this is something I wanted to say. So some people at the punchline specifically, they'll be going there for a year to get three to five minutes on stage. And I'm going in there to get 25. Yeah. And I was going to say this on stage. I'm going to be like, you know, a lot of comedians might be looking at me with envy. Like, how come she gets so much time? I'll make you guys a deal. You guys get the stage time and the shit bag. <laughs> you can have the ostomy bag and you can have the set. How about that? Because it's, it's a, you know, it's, that's the reality of it. Yeah. I yeah. had to go through a lot to get to where I am.
0: And that's what I was, it's not just that you had to go through it. You went through it, and then in a short amount of time, you found the funny in it. Oh, yeah. Which is not an oh, easy yeah. thing my to do. Oh, yeah. My
1: surgery, to get my entire colon out, to where I had to relearn to walk and everything, was March 9th. I started comedy in June. Yeah. Early, early June. I was, the second I could walk, the second I could stand, I went straight to an open mic. Yeah. Because I needed to talk about it, and that's kind of tying it all back at the end of this, just kind of like how special and how needed comedy is. Yeah. It gave me not only a way to get rid of the shame, and yeah. it gave me a way to share my share my experience. Right. And I don't do much material about my ostomy bag anymore these days because it's, like, so such a vulnerable thing to talk about. But one time I did it at the caravan, and this doesn't happen that often, but someone came up to me afterward and said, you have no idea how healing it was for me to watch that set. My yeah. mother has an ostomy bag. All my life, uh, my dad didn't want to deal with it, and I was the one helping her with it. Uh. And I've never talked about it. And you going up there and making jokes and making it seem like not a big deal. Yeah. It meant so much to me. Yeah. And, and maybe getting booked for this headlining gig is the universe's way of saying, you need to come back to your material. Yeah. You need to come back to what makes, I know I'm funny and it's funny because comedians shouldn't say that. I think it's, it's kind of, uh, I know I'm funny, but like, I know I can make people laugh. Okay. I'll put it that way.
0: You, well, you know, you know, there's a process.
1: You know, I know that there's a process and I know that I can learn to do it well. Yeah. But, like, I can make you guys laugh about my dinner date taking me to Chipotle all I want, but can I make you guys laugh about the fact that I went through an extremely trying time? Yeah. That I, that I pretty much looked at death in the face and said, not today, and then went to an open mic? Yeah. So that's, that's, the, tr- that's, the, tr- that's the truth of me. Yeah, yeah. So I think I've been kind of scratching the surface with, oh, dating, oh, my God, am yeah, I right? Yeah, yeah. And Tinder, uh. yeah. Ugh. <laughs> but it's like, let me, t- let me tell you guys something right now on this mic that you will not hear from any other comedian yeah. tonight or anywhere else. Yeah, yeah and that's where i'm trying to go back to my to my core.
0: And i bet you you're going to those bits that you started with are going to be either reworked or re tool something's going to happen that are, they're going to be this much better because you went and did the other stuff. Yeah. Like we got to do it all, right? And we then do. go revisit the thing, well what's my core that i'm trying to get the, right. out there on the stage? What what is my? And that's
1: what people consider their tight 10 because i yeah. think when you have 10 minutes to make an impression on people, you want to you want them to be able to understand the most the most about you that you, you are able to put out. Yeah. And I don't think people learn much about you at all when you talk about how dating is going awful and stuff. There's
0: I you know what I'm a big fan of one-liners, but you I and so I try to write just really non-sequitur goofy stuff because it makes me laugh. Well, I still but, think we get
1: a good vibe for who you are through your one-liners.
0: Oh, you think so? I do. Okay, cuz I I have the stories too. I, got the I stories. don't think the I think, stories are like,
1: it. I, it's like I want I want to know Matthew McCarron. I don't yeah. want you to tell me what you think is funny.
0: Yeah, I want
1: you to tell me what you like, what yeah. who you are. Yeah, and so what I'm what I've been doing, I, yeah. I find is that I'm doing what I think people will like versus what I want to do.
0: Oh right. So
1: I when you are up there, okay. I can tell that this set. Is all you?
0: Oh, thank you. You know, yeah. Like
1: this is. And by the way, I love that you're tickled with your sets because yeah. you, you. He does more acting out. I don't do a lot of acting out. Yeah, you're very physical. Yeah, yeah, and so becoming physical actually kind of like makes you laugh, and then it makes us laugh. Yeah, I love. I I think that you have. You can just tell from your set. From what I could pick up, that this is a goofy man. Yeah, this is a goofy I, guy. Whether <laughs> or not he has kids, this guy is a good time. Like I want to go with him to Six Flags. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. No, that's what I'm trying to convey. And sometimes, okay, we'll, we'll get in. We'll get into the more self. Sometimes I go, oh man, my contemporaries are saying smart things, clever things, and like I just want to. I, I kind of want to run around and make fart noises. What
1: stage. is that saying? I don't remember exactly, but I believe comparison is like the, enemy of joy. Yes. Yeah, I know that one. Okay, someone recently said that to me. So you can't be thinking, that's no, really hard in comedy. If someone kills and does really well before you, it's like,
2: oh, oh boy. okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> You'd think, you'd think, I think people might think that if someone does really well before you, that's good because the audience is more worked up. Yeah. But now you've also set this standard that you need to meet. And when you don't, it, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I even get intimidated. I followed a guy that's been doing comedy for less than a year, but he smashed. Murad yeah. Shaki, holler. Do you know Murad Shaki? I haven't met him yet. Okay, so he's only, he's less than a year in. Uh. He did such a good job that I definitely went up there and was intimidated. And my first half of my set did not go well. And I had to snap myself out of it and realize, hey, you're a comedian too.
0: Yeah. You can do that's this. That's good. You had the awareness in the moment. You can do this. Yeah. That's cool.
1: We have to give ourselves pep talks.
0: 100%. You give
1: me pep talks. Do I? Well, the last show we had together, I was having a hard time. And oh, right. Yes. You were, you were really, yes. really helpful. And that's yes. what I love about this community, which is yeah. why I'm having a big party tomorrow.
0: There we go. Cool. So let's go. Let's do this. We're at about hour twenty. Let's do uh, some promotions. Where you are at? Obviously, your birthday party tomorrow. Yeah, that everyone <laughs> is welcome.
1: Yeah. Well, kind of. I need to yeah. know you. I don't. Oh, you're gonna. Okay. You got. You have to. I have to know you if you're yes. gonna come. But yes, I'm having a big birthday party. And yes. the deal I made with the venue is that I don't pay them for the private space, and everyone has to buy alcohol from them. That's which a is a vibe. really good deal for me. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, where can people find me? I host an open mic at Lily Max in downtown Sunnyvale every. Third Monday, we also have comedy every Monday, but I'm the third Monday. Yeah. Um, I host a show at Metro City Restaurant and Bar in Sunnyvale on Dwayne, which is we currently do on Wednesdays, but in 2020, they have told me I can do it on Saturdays. Oh, no. So I will be coming back strong on Saturdays. Wow, that's a hot night. Yeah, I'm getting Saturdays at Metro. It's a really big space. It's beautiful. Um, What time
0: is your show going to start?
1: I say 7.30, but it always starts at 8 or 8.15.
0: I... You know, I do think Murphy Street does need more people on Saturday nights.
1: Unfortunately, it's their other location.
0: Oh, it's their other location. Yeah, because
1: when I went to the restaurant in downtown, they said we need people at our other location.
0: Okay, yeah, that's right. That too, right?
1: So I need to really advertise. The thing about these shows is it's not a place where people walk by a lot, but it's amazing. So you need to bring the people there. It's a lot harder than when you get walking traffic. Yeah, Um, but I'm really excited to start Saturdays there. And then finally, the best way to keep up with me is my Instagram and my Facebook. So Coral Best, I have a business page on Facebook and then on Instagram, you can look up Coral Best or Coral Best Comedy and you'll find my account. I post new content almost daily um, when I have a phone and, uh, I really love meeting new people. Every show I go to, I find at least one person to connect with in the audience and I add them on social media and I have a new fan and I have a new contact.
0: I need to start doing that. I don't even think about growing my, you
1: know. Most people science. don't. And yeah. it's not really my intention to grow my, my thing. My intention is that I came to the show and I did a good job. How is that going to benefit me in the future? Yeah. So let me at least, I always talk to the audience members afterward. I hope yeah. that I never get to a place like Mark is now. Yeah. Where I will not be able to like give away my psychic energy like that anymore. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, my favorite part is the feedback. Yeah. After a show, people want to tell you what their your favorite joke was or where are you going to be next. And then we exchange information and you sh- sometimes they're artists. And then, like, for instance, I met someone recently uh, in Fremont. I did a show. I met this wonderful lady and she said, you know, I make earrings. Would you be interested in maybe wearing one of my pairs on stage? Oh, that's nice. And so now we're talking back and forth about that or there's people who make podcast logos. Yeah always good to have more people on you know i think in so your community
0: yep grow grow the network grow the community which is
1: exactly what you do with this podcast
0: yeah that's that's my goal
1: meeting people bringing them in knowing them better yeah sharing it with good people out there
0: yeah the three vill- the three viewers will get on the youtube i'm one of the viewers so nice i appreciate that <laughs> <So> four viewers <laughs> four viewers cool all right coral this has been fun this has been amazing thank Matt. you You're so amazing. much thank you And uh, we will have to do it again soon. We won't wait so long next time.
1: Thank you for having me. I love Am I Making Sense?
0: Yes.